welcome to Letterboxd Book Club. My name is Claire. And I'm Mackenzie. And today we are talking about the fourth book in Sarah J Mass's Throne of Glass series, Queen of Shadows. Um, for anyone following along at home, this is the third time we've had to record this one. <laughs> third time's the charm. If we sound a bit defeated, please don't take that into any consideration. No, that's right. Please take into consideration, yes, that it's our third time recording this, so we're a little deflated. The universe just doesn't want our opinions, I guess. <sighs> this is also the third computer I'm on for this year. Not financial year, this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think Queen of Shadows is just your downfall in life. Oh, it's cursed. <laughs> and we're just, in this moment, we're trying a different sort of setup and using, we're not using Zoom to talk to each other, so we don't know how this is going to yeah. How this is gonna go? So bear with us. And yeah, it's been a, it's now been a long while since we have read Queen of Shadows. So this is gonna yes. be interesting. See how much we can yeah. remember. And so yeah, please bear with us if anything sounds out of the ordinary. <laughs> but yeah, third time's the charm. We can do it. Now, when you're ready, Kenzie, if you could read the blurb, it would be my honor. You should have it memorized by now, considering it's the third time. Oh God, I should, shouldn't I? Anyway. No masters, no limits, no regrets. Selina Sardothian is cloaked in her assassin's hood once more. She is back in Rifthold, but this time she is no one's slave. She must delve into her most painful memories and fight for her survival while, while resisting a smouldering passion that might very well consume her heart. And she will face her former master, the King of Assassins, again to wreak revenge for a decade of pain. Love that. Again, never know what to say after the blurb. I'm sure one day <laughs> something will be said worthwhile. Alrighty, perhaps just a quick little recap almost, just to jog our memories. So Queen of Shadows, we have Dorian possessed by the word collar. Yes. Adian is captured by the king. Yes. And Aelin is returning from Wendlin, Wendlin to find the amulet of Orinth. Orinth? Orinth. In order to find it, she needs to revisit her old master, Arabin. Sorry, on my so my recording, it's recording the transcript as well. <laughs> so Orinth is orange. I love that. <laughs> it was funny, it's just like three ten. Orange. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Alright, perhaps we can talk about Dorian being possessed real quick and just kind of get that out of the way. Because a lot of his chapters early on is really just him in absolute imprisonment and misery and it just breaks my heart. The poor boy. You just you just really feel for him. Yeah, and he, although he does seem to be able to um, fight back against it more. Like, I think, I think oh, he no. seems like he's a bit more... Oh, no. Oh. Hello, welcome back. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> the universe really does not want cursed. us to talk about Queen of Shadows. <laughs> Honestly, if there is any more trouble, I'm just going to release this part of like the podcast and be like, sorry, we're not talking about it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, okay. we're, Dorian's Back in- to what I was saying. Yeah, I didn't even hear you go off, but please go off, Queen. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, so Dorian is captured, he's possessed, whatever. Anyway, but I was saying that he seems to have more, not like 
free will, but, like, he seems to be able to fight against it a bit more than other people because I think of his, like, raw magic. Perhaps, yeah. Maybe he just has that, yeah, as you kind of just said, in a a strength and will because he has a fair amount to lose in a way because, you know, he wants to protect his kingdom and put the kingdom and Aurelia in a better place. Yeah, hard to do that when you're imprisoned. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking because you've never... You've never really seen him in such despair or anything like that before. So it's just yeah. something he's going to have to overcome, of course. So uh, I was just going to say, um, this is like the reuniting, like, uh, Selena is back in Rifthold, and so she has her reunion with Kale. Uh, yep, Kale and Nezrin, yeah. Yeah, and Nezrin, yeah, we're introduced to Nezrin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like, I think, I, I have many feelings about kale in this would would we want to go into them or do we want to talk about something else i mean may as well get it out of the way (laughs) all right kale yep so kale is all very high and high and mighty up on his high horse Mm -hmm. because um aelin abandoned them and didn't send help and blah 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 but he was the one who sent her away yeah look yeah you can't really argue with that can you (laughs) i mean he thought Yeah, he thought he was doing it for her own good, which in the end it kind of was. Yeah, he was doing it for the right reasons, but then don't complain because you also didn't send help when you found out that Mr. Wood, Mr. Ward, was going to be attacked. Yeah, that's... And you didn't send word to her to help. Oh yeah, I remember that now, yeah, because I think him, Adian, and... Oh, was it the the Ellsbrooks? Or Murtagh? Ellsbrooks, yeah. The, 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 those people... Yeah, they realise that there's, like, a little uh, infantry, you know, stationed, yeah, or heading to Mistward. And, like, Captain Narek and all that, like, they knew that they were there. And, like, they actually had the, yeah, conversation, oh, should we tell them? And they're like, no, <laughs> they'll figure yeah. it out. And then, yeah, he has the gall to, when she comes back, to yell at her and be like, oh, you put on a display with the Valg or whatever. But, like, yeah, Mistward yeah. was under attack. She was defending, like, she's using up all the all of her power that she's suddenly, you know, still learning how to use. Yeah, and if she hadn't put on that quotation display, then she wouldn't have been able to come back because she'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's also just a good, like, threatening thing. Like, you just can't keep this girl down. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what Kale wants from her in this type of, like, situation. Like, she's damned if she does, she's damned if she doesn't. But, like, and Kayla's been in this revolution for, like, what, five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, oh, I remember, yeah, they were having a conversation, yeah, about, yeah, about making a display and how, oh, there are innocent people, blah, 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 or something about going along the lines of her killing innocents or whatever. And she's like, well, you don't care about the slaves in Indovia. Slaves in Indovia, yeah. Yeah, and that really put him in his place because it's like, yeah, Kayla, you've been the captain of the, of the guard to this tyrant for years now yeah. suddenly you're sticking your nose up at Aelin, like and this revolution rebellion is in the name of Aelin. like give her some more respect yeah a bit yeah <sighs> kale yeah he's just the way yeah he speaks to Aelin is what annoys me but at the end of the day he fights the good fight so still irritating <laughs> how'd you feel about the introduction of nezrin i i think we've spoken about this before but i hate this trope, I guess, of introducing new characters just for them to be paired off with someone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's alluded that her and Kale obviously are involved somehow or have been involved somehow. Like, she does go on to 
bigger and better things. But again, those bigger and better things just end up with her being partnered with someone else. So it's like, could Kale not, like, because in this she's obviously acting like as his bodyguard or whatever and she's helping the or like second and stuff. So he's second, yeah, second in command. But it's like, could this not have been just some, like, random male? Or, like, could it not have been, like, because he still has, like, guards that are his friends at the castle. Like, could one of them not have broken away from that and then been like, well, I'll come and be your second in the streets? Yeah. Like, yeah. why does it ha- why did it have to be a female for them to have a love interest? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I think it gives off the idea of having like some sort of jealousy, but then yeah. we we but then you know Sarah J Mass, she's been great. At, it, although it's kind of a bait of you know pitting women against each other, especially in books. Like we're over that now, but it did come across that but way. I think anything that's like jealousy, yeah, over love interest, like everything with Kale, it's like you cannot justify your feelings because you sent her away. Yeah. Like she wanted to spend her life with you and you're just like, see ya. <laughs> and now, yeah, pissed that she's back. <laughs> and now pissed that she's back and she's happy with someone else. Yeah. But yeah, it did give off the whole, oh, is Nezrin and Aelin gonna, Selena, Aelin, whatever, are gonna butt heads with each other. But no, it, we just smoothed right past it, which is good. And it also... I'm just going to say it now, yeah, it happens with Lysandra as well. You feel a sense of uh, the you know, rivaling, rivaling, yeah, rivaling women against each other, but they end up being besties, and that is great. Yeah. And we love that, especially in this day and age, because, yeah, we're over like women putting against each other. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you that, like, yeah, Nezrin, it was just random to include her to then kind of, yeah, feel that potential jealousy Kale and Aelin, they have, you know, different ideas and strategies and all that type of stuff, and they they just butt heads a lot throughout this book. Especially yeah. as to whether or not to kill Dorian if the chance happens to come across. So that's always very interesting. Which begs the question, to kill or not to kill Dorian? <laughs> if Because they're planning to rescue Adian, and so it's like, well, if we come across a chance to save Dorian, like, Dorian, do we save him, or, like, is he too far gone, do we kill him? With that perfect segue, Kenzie, let's just talk about the Adian rescue, because I honestly thought that was okay. going to be a bit of a shit show. <laughs> we may as well get, like, these little bits out of the way, because, you know, it doesn't take that much of the book, to be fair. I mean, like, this is kind of a chunky book, and for the average reader, <laughs> not for me, um... But, and I think, I, I thought going into it that the Adian rescue was going to be kind of like the chunk of it and that was going to be like, you know, the classic last hundred pages sort of deal. However, like, it tend, it, it's more the uh, killing of Arabin that mm. is kind of more of the chunk because that's more set up and stuff. So I guess, yeah, it's one of those things like, oh, this is going to be like a really action-packed thing, but we're just going to get through it because there's like bigger, better things coming. And I think we'd been anticipating the potential uh, reunion of Aelin and Arabin as well, like, because his name yeah. has been, he's the elusive, the enigma master of her um, services and everything, yeah. so, yeah, obviously that was, yeah, going to be the chunkiest part of the book, but obviously the Adian mm. rescue, smooth sailing. <laughs> Very yes. interesting plan, of course, uh, I don't think it really re- went wrong. I think it went according to plan. Not really. Yeah, it went fine. Until, like, Doreen came across yep. uh, 
Selena, and she was like, well, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that also, which yeah, stems the initial arguments of whether or not do we kill Dorian, because in that moment, Dorian didn't really recognise Selena, so he kind of didn't want to hold back on any magic. Yeah, so she was like, okay, well, you're gone, yeah. Which is fair, if someone, you know, has no inkling of recognition of you and is wanting to kill you, you are going to defend yourself and or perhaps try and incapacitate them. So yeah, yeah. Adian's rescued, he is fine, he is happy. Well, not really happy, but he's alive, he's happy to be alive. And it was well, so he's, sad he's alive that he... and he sees his cousin again. Yeah. It was also heartbreaking hearing that he just wanted to essentially kill himself as well to kind of... Oh, because yeah. he, he was injured as well. And he was, was he trying to hide it? Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to hide his injury because he's like, well, just let me die. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I'd rather die, like, by his own hand than be killed. Mm. And obviously the king was just using his presence as bait for Ael- for the elusive Aelin. For Aelin. For, yeah. So, yeah, as we said earlier, the main juice of the book is everything kind of to do with Arabin. Yeah. So Arabin wants to experiment on some Valg, or he wants to, like, understand them and kind of suss them out. But I don't think... I think that was all a ruse just to get the ring because he really wanted Selena back. Yeah, he really wanted to control it. And honestly, if we'll go there right now, I was so scared. I was like... My mouth was on the floor. My jaw was on the floor because when that happened, when he slid the ring on her finger. Yeah. So, yeah, a- 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 uh, Selena slash Aelin. Sorry, at this point, we, we all know that Selena is Aelin. So I'm going to keep switching because until the next book, she's not mm-hmm. really fully Aelin. She still is like both of them, like in her different personas and stuff. So I'm going to keep switching between them in whatever like uh, scenario it fits properly. Yeah, in whatever context. So, he... Yeah, so he slips... Bleh. So, Selena gets him a Valg soldier, but she's already um spoken to him, and she's like, I can help you, and the guy's like, I just want to die. Like, I've seen horrific things, I've done horrific things. Um, I just want to die. So she um, says, okay, well, you'll die if you, like, do this thing for me anyway. So she basically, like, fakes out Arabin and gets a fake word ring. Um, and Arabin, yeah, slips the fake ring onto Selena's finger. And then, what does he do, Claire? I don't really quite remember, actually. Does he, like, give her a little pat on the butt as they leave or something? Or he's being very yeah, flirtatious so and slimy? Yeah, he's being flirtatious, slimy, um, and yeah, he, like, slaps her ass on the way out or whatever. So, like, it's clear what he intends for this to do. Yeah, he's a very... He's a sleazebag. So, I have qualms. <laughs> In the story and then the story writing. So, I really wanted this bit to be a bit longer. I'm like, if you're going to go down the path of him being a slice, slimy sleazeball, I want him to be a little... Like, I want to see it. Okay. Like, I know that that's bad. Like, I don't want to see just, like, a tap on the ass. I want to see what he wanted to make her do. Right. And I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. And then my other thing. So, like, Selena Aylin is, what, 18, 19 at this point? 18, 19, maybe 20. I think it's, like, almost... Yeah, probably 19, I'd say. Yeah, okay, so 19 or 20. Anyway, and then I always imagined Arabin as, like, this gross, like, old guy. Yep. But then, like, all the fan art comes out and he's, like, super hot and, like, young. And it's, like, if she was 
taken in at eight and then she like had a crush on him or whatever. Like I can be like, okay, so maybe he was like because at that point as well he was already like Lord of the Assassins or like King of the Assassins when she was eight. So I was like, okay, maybe he's like twenty. Like I can give him that. Mm. So then like at this point if she's twenty, then it's like, okay, well you're like in your forties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like I guess like a lot of like let's go down like the Paul Rudd, like he's 50 and he's super fucking hot yeah, aging yeah, like fine wine yeah but it's like oh i just yeah i can't get past it yeah i i understand what you're trying to say but there's also a lot of implications in regards to how he treats lissandra as well like yeah i feel like that's enough to know because he bought her when she was 17 yeah it tells yeah. me all everything i need to know <laughs> yeah cooked but yeah um <laughs> And yeah, just again quickly, yeah, like through Arabin we meet Lysandra and, you know, it gives off that, she gives off the whole jealous because obviously Arabin still favours Selena quite heavily, even though he yeah. hasn't seen her for a little while. And yeah, Lysandra, yeah, gives off that jealous, no, Arabin's kind of mine type of thing, but lucky that it short circuits and they become besties. We love it. Yeah, because Lysandra was in love with Wesley. Uh, oh yeah, I, I forgot that whole Wesley yeah, killing he, people he knew thing. The truth about Sam and yeah, like, like he tried to tell Selena that it was a trap and and then I don't think it's ever like officially like stated in like black and white like Arabin set you up, but like it's alluded to. So like we know that Arabin is the reason that um Selena went to Endovia in the first place. So. Yeah, I feel like at this point, like even yeah. even then, like he his probably goal was for her to find her way back to him anyway. Yeah. Because obviously after Indovia, no matter what her thoughts were, like, yeah, she would have been like, all right, I've got to go back to Arabin. got to go back to yeah. her now familial space. But yeah, Arabin, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I w- imagine him as a huge sleazeball and, yeah. you know, extreme kind of groomer vibes, um, given the nature of what you just said. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Again, yeah, all the fan art that I've seen online is like, what? Stop making this man attractive, please. Yeah, because and it's like they've just taken Lucian and just aged because he has red hair, okay, red yeah. long hair, and it's just aged him up a few years. Yeah, it's not not that well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, nah, I agree with that. But yeah, nah, one of my favorite moments was when because the type of person Arabin is, he likes to be manipulative and play mind games. He sent Selena like some perfume or cologne or whatever to wear to their meeting, and like that was like yeah. a condition, which is stupid. But anyway, it just shows, you know, the yeah, type of power he holds. And, like, I just loved it how Rowan, just when they meet again, they just he just saturates himself in it as well, <laughs> just to kind of yeah. block out that power move. And I don't think Arabin yeah. was expecting it either, which was fantastic. And I don't think Arabin was expecting Aelin and Rowan to, like, be in love. No, either. Just quickly, poor Rowan. <laughs> He's magicless. Yeah. <laughs> the poor boy. He must have felt so, like heavy without his magic and being able to disperse yeah. it because as we learn you know you have to dis- or at least dispel a little bit of it but yeah <sighs> were you happy that Lysandra was the one that got to kill Arabin? um yeah I was happy because of the grooming aspect and the sexual assault aspect mm. um and all that jazz but I do think from like a revenge standpoint that like it should have been Aelin. But then also, like, it was, like, I think that was, like, her first act as queen. 
is to like give up that power and be like, well, you need this more. Yeah, I, yeah. By the sound, yeah. But even by the sounds of it, Lysandra, she needed that, and I think it was also the first, a first service act, for Aelin from Lysandra as well. This is like I know she's Lysandra is ultimately doing it for herself, or for everybody yeah. else that's ever been in that situation, but. This is probably her first step in the badassery that she becomes. Like, I will do this for you, Aelin, as well. Yeah. And then just the whole, you know, the will scene with all the other assassins and, like, the, the kind of the lawyering and everything. It was just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bizarre but humorous. And this is the first, I guess, glimpses we see of this, of um, Aelin doing things behind the scenes that we don't really know about other than the little trips yeah. like she goes has a couple of trips to the bank or something like that and then that's it yeah this is something that i have major qualms with <laughs> but this is this this book was the stepping stone yeah and it becomes a pattern in these books where like a lot of things happen off screen if you will and then like we get like the like we get like little snippets into like oh like Aylan's going to the bank, what's she going to the bank for, blah blah oh like to try and get gold. But no, like it's just her because she's gonna break in and like change the wills and everything so that Arabin's estate goes to her. And it's like I I love the big reveal reveal, but yeah, like after a while it's like I just wanna know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. This was very similar as well because she had to get the fake ring to put on the Valk soldier so, so that Arabin would use the fake ring on her. Yeah, and it just said that she was coming back smelling of metal or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Or like she was, she was just coming back smelling of ash. Because yeah, like that, when he put the ring on her finger, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, it's over. Yeah. And then she like took it off or something in the next scene and it's like, I know a good jeweler or something like that. But I think yeah. that was the last time she saw him alive as well. I think that night, Lysandra killed him. Yeah, yeah. And this also happens when they encounter Lorcan again. Because um, he's after the amulet as well, because it's a word key for Maeve. And they, I think, oh, there was this, like, there was another ring that he had. It was blessed by God. And, like, I think it's for, so Valg don't um, possess you. And, like, they traded it, yeah. and, but, yeah, they, they had a fake amulet, and, like, then Aelin had a line that's, like, I know a good jeweler or something like that to be able to fake it, or even Lysandra knew a good jeweler or something like that. But, yeah, this book was definitely the stepping yeah. stone of little little moments that, like, yeah, one-liners like that that lead to, like, this big overall arching plan. Reveal. That we reveal, yeah, that we find yeah. out. I don't know. I like him because I like being surprised, but I also like the little tidbits. I don't know. Um, and speaking of Lorcan, real quick, he makes a couple of appearances in this book. He's just out and about, um, yeah, trying to find the word keys for either himself or Maeve. It's a little bit unclear, but ultimately he is yeah on the mission for Maeve. And yeah, they encounter each but other. But I think a like along the way, it becomes about him. Yeah, I think. Because he's so far away from her, the strength of their blood oath as well. Like, a bit yeah. more resistant to it. He has a bit more freedom to kind of do what he wants. But, yeah, Aelin yeah. kind of makes him, f like, traps him with some word hounds or something, and he manages to escape, and they just constantly threaten each other, and, like, he just wants to kill her, and... Yeah, and it's like, for what? Like, I feel like this is never explained either. Like, Lorcan just inherently hates her from the start. 
And it's like, what? And it's like, it's because it, like the jealousy of taking Rowan, taking Rowan away or, like, standing against Maeve because you're too much of a pussy to do it yourself. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it gives off, oh, you stole my best friend from me vibes as well. But it's like, I've been thinking yeah. about this all week. Lorcan is like, he gives off this, oh, Rowan's my best friend. But it's like, you only know him from work. Like, he's just your work best friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, their blood oath is what... Like, they could have grown up together. Mate, but I'm not sure. I feel like, because the way they talk about their past, like, oh, you know, they've slaughtered and, like, they bedded women together and all that type of stuff. It just gives off, like, you're just bound through the blood oath and you're forced to work together. You're just work... It's his work husband, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) And now he's off with another person. He's a bit... He's mad that he didn't get, um, get a chance to leave as well, probably. Yeah, I feel like in the grand scheme of things, if they did not meet yeah. under the blood oath thing, I feel like they would not be friends. Because Lorcan's just too, yeah. too mean. Like, I'm not. I don't want to say he's evil, but like he's. I don't want to even say he's morally grey. He's just not a nice person. To well, at least to Aelin. Yeah. No. Yeah. And like you, you'd kind of unless like she, I don't know. I feel like you would respect your best friend's choices if you're like kind of really best friend. Like, again, like, she's done nothing in this world to, like, cause any harm yeah. to Rowan. and this is kind of going, yeah, forward a bit more. But it's like, yeah, like, he's an awful human being, and then in the end it's like, oh, you're forgiven because love. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah. We will get to that in the future books. This is a Lorcan hating... Yeah. <laughs> this is not a safe space <laughs> for Lorcan mothers. This is a Lorcan hate page. Exactly. Yeah, he just really gives me the vibe... Like, he's just Rowan's work friend, and then Rowan... You know, found a better life for himself, and Lorcan's just salty yeah. that he can't get out of it. Yeah, is that? Because <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about it all week. I'm like, yeah, Lorcan is literally just Rowan's, you know, work buddy. Yeah, I think like I wish that like, and I hate like because I think a lot of people online have done this, and I hate going like putting like sexuality onto people. Mm-hmm. But it's like I feel like it's almost like it has to be a little bit of like lovers' jealousy, like Lorcan's. It's like, well, yeah, like, you gave up on me for her. And, yeah, like, it does talk about how they were bedding women together and stuff. But side note, I just found out someone in my life had a threesome with their best friend. <laughs> okay. And they're completely straight. But anyway, I'll tell you after when we stop recording who it is. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, and, like, they're completely fine. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look, it does, it does give off, yeah, more... Yeah, like a lover's jealousy, and like there is a bit of subtext around it online, and that people yeah keep drawing to. But I don't know; it's just down to your interpretation. Like he just Lorcan does not like Aelin. Like, what has this nineteen-year-old ill girl done to you? I was gonna say illiterate, but that was a different character, <laughs> a different nineteen-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah, like she's done nothing to you, and she makes Rowan happy. Like, what's your deal? Yeah. What a tangent. <laughs> Do you think Rowan and Lorcan are Vikings? Um, I, I I like to think that most of these characters are bi in some way or something, but because I don't think that they see sexuality as like this big label thing. It's like, oh, I'm not like like I'm into like I would sleep with men and women. Like it's not a, a thing. It's like a fey thing. It's like yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but yeah, and yeah, it's down to your interpretation as well. I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. And because in this other series that I read, um, it's very much, like, fey, and, like, a lot of the rules, like, still are kind of the same as in, like, 
like the Fae can't lie and like you're bound by your promises and your words and stuff but they talk about how like the Fae love differently than like humans and mortals so yeah yeah that's fair um that's our spiel anyway. on Morkan yeah suppose we can just jump into a bit of the Roalin reunion as well real quick um yes if we're done talking about Arabin and of but of course yeah Arabin gives the or does she does he leave the amulet in his will or does she somehow acquire it beforehand I kind of forget how that come came about um I think she acquires it beforehand um but um, he leaves in his fake will, yeah, like the whole estate to her, but yep. in his real will, all she was going to get was the amulet. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, leaving the estate to her was just a way for her to get money, because then the other assassin, assassin she's like, well, you can have it if you buy it off me. Yeah, she really stooged them, because she had to fund her building army, and so... This yeah, is well, because Adrian's like, it. where's our funds, where's our gold? Mm. And then doesn't he feel like an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> This is probably where he starts to feel pissed about not being in on in on plans as well. I feel him in this. I'm just like, yeah, fuck you. And, like, it, you can't just rely on his bane either. This elusive yeah. bane that we've never seen yet. Yeah. But, yeah. Let's talk about the, yeah, Rowan Aelin reunion real quick. Real we, I can't. Real quick. Um, <laughs> I mean, friends don't hug each other like that, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> run up into each other's arms and just like and full on embrace. I think so. And they tell each other how much they missed each other. It's like it's been two weeks. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> yeah, and they go home and sleep in the same bed because that's what they did in Air of Fire, which is fine. But I think this was like yeah, which is fine. But like it, yeah. Um, I think that's because like they don't know it yet. But I think that's got to be part of their. I can't. No, I can't spoil it. It's part of their thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we all. We all know why. We all know why. Yeah, yeah. It's that string that's tight. Adian was also kind of starstruck because I think he is a big fan of Rowan as like a warrior and like his idol. So like, yeah, yeah. So he was a little bit intimidated because it's like cousin versus potential lover. Like who the territorial aspect yeah. of it. Um, territorial fae bastards, as Aelin slash Selena would say. Yeah. And also, Adian gets pissy because he later finds out that Rowan has taken the blood oath when Adian had, like, a right to it first, or at least was gonna swear the oath first. Yeah. So, that was fun. I'm still, like, I don't, I still don't understand how all that works, but... Maybe in Terrison you, you have won, but, like... Yeah. Maybe Maeve learnt of that concept and is like, well, I'm just gonna make multiple. Yeah, because I only talked about Maeve having, like, the blood oath with people, and then, yeah, Selena slash Aelin is like, oh, okay, well, I guess I have to do it. And then it's like, well, just because, yeah, Adian's like, oh, well, I'm her family, like, I need it. Well, she only did it to save Rowan, really, to get him out of the other one. Oh, wait, no, she, they managed to bargain, and, like, he didn't really nece- need to necessarily take the blood oath, but I think he just wanted to anyway. But yeah, of course, Adian's rightfully pissed, but yeah, look, yeah. ultimately, you can have multiple, as we see through Maeve, like, ult- you can have multiple blood oaths, like, yeah. it doesn't matter, but for Adian, it was special. Yeah. Because family and incest. <laughs> <laughs> you want to fuck your cousin? We get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and also through Rowan, uh, upon this interaction, like he knows straight away that Gavriel is Adian's father, another cadre member, if we, for those following on, along at home and need a memory boost. I say later on in another episode that like the cadre, or Sarah J Mass has written the cadre in a way for them to stay connected. 
Like, after yeah. Air of Fire, I was expecting to never interact with them again. Yeah. But also, remember, there's that one that's just gone. Oh, yeah, Vaughn. Yeah. Bye-bye. Never hear- I don't understand what his significance was. I think there was a little bit of backstory about what he did, but, like, I don't really remember. Not that I care yeah. to remember about him. Too many characters to keep track of. She couldn't entwine him with anybody, so she's like, bye-bye. But yeah, and like, I initially, I did not like the cadre in Air of Fire. I don't know if I even yeah. mentioned it in Air of Fire. Like, they held Rowan back trying to help Aelin. Like, they're against yeah, her. Yeah, and like, they were written, yeah, that they could have just been written out. And like, we just had Rowan. And then like, he could have like, done like a throwaway line. Like, oh, like, I wonder what my cadre is doing or whatever. But yeah, I think, actually, no, that was when she was taking on some Valg in Mistward. But there was another moment. But they were actually, they did actually help in another battle. But like, yeah, initially, they wanted nothing to do with her either, as well, so fake fans. Yeah. <laughs> do a quick witches recap? Sure, not that I care about them, but... Alrighty, so taking a pause with everything that's happening in Wendland that led up to Arobin's death, there is... A... Rifthold. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, in with Rifthold. The witches, we remember them. We totally pay attention to what they have to do. We They're... definitely read all their chapters. <laughs> They're doing their thing in Morath. Um, and we are introduced to another character over there named Ilid Loken, and she is significant for those who remember. She is the daughter of Marion Loken, who sacrificed herself to save Aelin when she was a child. Yeah. And I honestly didn't make that connection until the next book, but that's okay. I was like, "What? Who's this chick?" Uh, I didn't make the connection until my second reread. <laughs> Shows how much yeah we pay attention. But yeah, Manon obviously finds her kind of snooping about because she has a bit of an injury to her foot and Manon thinks she's just playing this kind of like uh, kind of dumbfounded like cripple spy type of thing. Yeah. Um, But obviously it leads, you know, just trying to escape. Um, And they form a good little dynamic duo. Is it in this book? Yeah, in this book we also find out Elite is like part witch as well in her bloodline. Yeah, she bleeds blue. Bleeds blue. And obviously it would wreak hell if her uncle Vernon found out. Which he, he does find out at the end of the book, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a bit of interactions between Manon and Elite that we totally know what's going on. Um, <laughs> the just continued witch experiments and the breeding implementation program and all that gross stuff. That the Valg wants the witches for and like training and Sorry. ultimate that's okay again it's our third <laughs> our third time that's how much I love the witches we're a little bored of this oh, I'm not bored of it I actually feel like I've spoken like I have more opinions and like I've spoken more articulately I'm just so fucking exhausted yeah that's fair that's fair just as a general recap to ourselves Keltane is there and she has the word key a wordstone, word key, whatever, in her arm. She's just chilling in Morath. We were all expecting an Aelin v. Manon interaction at some point. Like At some point. It's read that their paths will align at some point. And obviously they have quite the parallel as well in terms of story, mm. which is, now, yeah, looking back, that I, I enjoyed it. It's quite, like, a beautiful taking of it. So let's just go straight into, like, Manon v. Aelin. Obviously, the way this came about is Lysandra got kidnapped because I think Arabin revealed that she was a shifter in the will or something and, like, word got back to 
Marath, and mm. they're like, alright, let's take this chick because she's OP. And believe me, Lysandra is bloody OP. Um, yeah. And yeah, so then obviously Aelin, Kale, everybody, you know, goes to rescue her. They successfully rescue her. They also encounter Dorian again. Kale then has a moment of, I have to kill oh, Dorian. Kill <laughs> so yeah. all that arguing was for naught. Yeah. But then obviously the witches chase after them and Aelin and Menon fight over a wonky bridge over a ravine. And I think there's like a decrepit temple around them as well. Mm-hmm. And um, like obviously she, she wins because like there's two other books or three other books. Like, <laughs> obviously. But like it was quite the scrap. Yes. But however, yeah, there's a big scrap. Um, but uh, Manon gets injured or something um and then Aelin saves her life therefore Manon owes Aelin a life debt yes we love life debts it's like you can't do (laughs) you can't help anyone one time without being indebted to them yeah (laughs) could you imagine if they adopted that like this day and age (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) you owe me a life debt yeah and so so then um no there's like an attack or whatever and Manon sees Dorian or something. Yeah. Or, no, no, I'm mixing up books. No, so at the, anyway, so Manon and Dorian have an interaction. Um, They meet and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and Manon realises that Dorian is still in his body. Like, he's yeah. not completely taken over. So she leaves a message for Aelin saying, like, he's still, the prince lives or something, or the prince is still inside, witch killer or something. Yeah, and then therefore life debt suddenly repaid. Yeah. Let's have a quick chat about, like, the Dorian Manon interaction, because it was, like, low-key cute. Actually, not even low-key. It was yeah. high-key cute as hell. And <laughs> it's just so... You can imagine them saying it, like, because she says, hello, princeling. He says, hello, witchling. Says, hello, like, witchling. Yes. Yeah, it was just so floaty. And, like, um, the Valg... I think you have a theory as to why the Valg kind of withheld a bit of the possession of Dorian because he was able to have a, a little bit of control of himself. Yeah. But I just like to think that, like, you know, he appreciates, like, beautiful women in- presented in front of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just can't help himself. Man knows what he wants. <laughs> he sure does. Anyway, I just like the fact that he was able to assume control for just a couple of seconds. Gives him a bit of relief. But then, at- but then yeah. the king returned... In their presence or something, and then he was able to lose control. Unfortunately, yeah. maybe because because maybe because the main source of the word collar is through the king and his ring. Maybe being far away, kind of like the bonds, like you're a bit more resistant to it. Yeah, maybe. But now, Manon and Dorian interaction are cute as heck, and yeah, they got to yeah forget how, but they get to see each other again, and like she manages. Maybe it's after this interaction. No, because this was before the know. whole thing. I don't know. But they see each other again, and yeah, Manon, you know, sends the message that, yeah, the, the prince is still in there. And what we learnt from Aerofire, or at least the boys learnt, how to bring magic back. Yes. And this has been another goal at the end, towards the end of the book. Oh, but first, first, back to the witches real quick. We learn of Astrin's backstory, which is Manon's second or third, depending what mood she's in. and Depending what mood she's in, yeah. <laughs> I think she was promoted back to second in this book at some point yeah. as well. Um, but to be fair, the past two recordings, yeah, we've believed that Astrin has yeah, revealed her backstory in this book, but then in another thing that we've 
kind of another guide it said that in empire of storms it's revealed but like we'll just say it now anyway so manon learns of astrin's backstory yes she fell in love with a human at some point in time became pregnant with the child manon's grandmother which is the matriarch of the iron teeth or even just well, like the whole witch clan i guess found out and uh no, so Astrin had a stillborn, which happens. Oh, that's right. Yep, I was wondering which is what... apparently. Yeah, and so Manon's grandmother, the matriarch, like branded unclean onto her lower abdomen. The word unclean. Manon is within two minds of herself because doesn't know how to feel towards her grandmother anymore slash the leader because why should she treat her own people kind of like that? And so, yeah, Manon's within two minds about how she feels. Astrin gives... Like, I cried a bit. Like, it was pretty sad. <laughs> yeah. But everyone has to have a tragic backstory around here, don't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah, so... I, th- I guess through that admission and vulnerability, Astrin is back to being second in command. For now. And, yeah, now Manon, Manon doesn't really know how to proceed that I just don't care about. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, Dude. there's so many, like, B stories that I just, I can't. <laughs> Especially in Kingdom of Ash. We will get to that. Like, the whole witch storyline yeah. in Kingdom of Ash is just, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to talk about how they release magic and they free Dorian. And... Moving on to magic. Trying to regain it. Kenzie, take it away. Um... Well, yeah, what, they figure out they have to destroy the clock towers. Mm-hmm. Or the clock tower and the towers. Um, and Dorian and Aelin, like, fight and duel. And then <laughs> Kale also appears to... Is it this one where he gets injured? Yeah, so, yeah, they, they have a plan. It's like a... Oh, yeah, so Kale appears to sacrifice himself, the only noble thing he's ever done. <laughs> So anyway, Dorian and Aelin fight and end up, it all happens, like, magic is back, they destroy the clock tower, blah blah blah. Last hundred pages. Um, Yeah, last hundred pages. We find out that Dorian's father has been possessed by a Vaug for, what, 20 years? I think, like, 10 years. Yeah, very, a very long time. No, more, because he was a Vaug when he conceived Dorian because remember he had that one moment of clarity where he named him Dorian oh okay right yep okay yeah like could you ew, that that just makes it seem a bit more gross now <laughs> um and then he talked about how like he did it all for him like he tried to hide he like tried to hide Dorian away like because he knew that he would have magic and stuff and it's all very much too little too late anyway he dies do, do we believe the king in what he said in his moment of clarity? No. I, I feel like I don't no. believe him. Nah. I don't believe him. I think he's just one last ditch effort, like, don't kill me. The last hurrah, yeah. But yeah. also, simultaneously, while this is happening, like, yeah, Rowan and Adian are trying to blow up the clock tower, and obviously that's a bit of a shit show. <laughs> Nothing can go right. Yeah. Because it turns out Lorcan didn't kill the word hounds. Yeah, no, yeah, them. they ended up. Yeah, getting trapped down there, having to fight these word hounds. And Rowan is still injured from, like, the Manon interaction as well, like... Yeah, and they still don't have magic at this point, just yet, while they're still fighting. Living off his pesky human form and human abilities. Yeah, then it's fine. Yeah, and his competitive competitive skills are probably way better than any human anyway, but, like, he's 
you know, holding on for dear life. But I just want to quickly, I just really enjoyed the moment. It was like a real end game moment where it was like, yeah, Rowan and Aiden backed against the corner. Then like Lysandra appears, mm. like just as magic, you know, yeah, is back. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, because she wouldn't have been able to shift. No, because she wouldn't have been able to shift. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, explosion. Yeah, Aiden and Aiden and uh, Rowan back against the wall. Lysandra jumps in, saves them. Then there's like a soldier going after Lysandra. Then Nezrin fires an arrow or something. It was just a fun little ricochet moment yeah. of like saving yeah. each other. Yeah. But yeah, uh, back to uh, Dorian and Aelin. Yeah, well, it's all fine. Dorian is no longer Valg for this because she slips the ring on him that, like, gets rid of Valg. Yeah. But they combined their magic together, and I know I keep saying this on the other recordings, but, like, it's just interesting. We keep saying it's because of his raw magic that he's, like, synergizes and is compatible with her. But are they, mm. like, Karenum, you know, being able to, like, merge like that? Take Karenum. I don't know if you can be Karenum with more than one person. Yeah, so I don't know. I just think he has, like, OP magic that they don't really utilise. Yeah, hell no. Now that I look back on it, they, yeah. they, he is very under, yeah. underused and undervalued. Yeah, yeah, very dramatic ending with the, and the glass castle or like parts of it shattering and like the bridge yeah. and then running away and magic is back. Aelin is being like, I yes, it is under my control until Dorian like. Yeah, she assumes leadership until Dorian is ready because yeah, he essentially just killed his father and like his mother and brother are nowhere to be found and I've realised that they've been nowhere to be found since. This is true. <laughs> yeah, we only hear about them in letters. Like, we have no idea where they are. Yeah. Also, simultaneously, while this is all happening, Marath is, like, in complete and utter disarray because Keltane is the low-key MVP we never knew we needed. Yes. Obviously, yeah, through Elide's, like, snooping and everything or whatever, like, she manages to, I wouldn't say befriend, but, like, make acquaintance with Keltane and... Keltane gives her the word stone to give to Selena because of the kind gesture that Selena gave her a coat when she was in prison or something like that. And then it turns out Keltane had like the shadow fire power, which no yeah. one really knew about. So yeah, and I think I've said this on the previous recordings as well, and I stand by this and I will stand by this is the hill that I die on. That like they built like Keltane sacrificed her life and she blew up the tower and she had all this power. And, like, for nothing, like, she was uh, written as a horrid character in the first book. You hardly hear about her in the second book. Like, yeah, she gets tortured a bit or whatever. And it's like, but I don't care that she sacrificed herself. Like, this was just, I don't know, like, not worth it. Like, I would have cared more if it was, like, a different character or if they had not written her as such an unlikable bitch. I mean, yeah, well, in the first book she comes across as this, in, in today's terms, a pick-me Wants to marry yeah. the prince. And, like, yeah, like, she's under the control of, like, what's-his-face, Parrington and stuff, and, like, he's awful, and then she's, like, being influenced by the Valg. But, yeah, like, it's just, she didn't have, it's a, a redemption arc that doesn't strike home for me. Do we hear of Shadowfire as a magic, form of magic Never ever again. since? So, like, it just no. seems it's, like, a once-off moment to get rid of a character or to just have an epic moment. Yeah. But hey, she she blew Marath to the smithereens, and she's take she takes good old Parrington and assumably Roland with him because like Roland is never seen again. It's yeah, just, it's, it just assumes that he dies and Marath as well. You do feel sorry for her because it is it gives off that kind of trafficking kind of vibes, you know, like she's yeah. under the influence, taken away, and like the last moment of clarity she ever gets is using her powers. On her own terms. Yeah, it just doesn't strike home for me. 
I I would assume it sounds like it could be like a raw magic element, but like it sounds like the like the surge that the witches. So maybe like I would have been interested to see if she had some like she was maybe like half witch, like maybe like her mum was a witch and like her dad wasn't or whatever. So like she got that because it sounds like the surge. But then yeah, we never hear of Shadowfire since. But then yeah, and it's written as like a throwaway last hurrah not gonna but yeah it was an epic moment but yeah it didn't quite land i don't think yeah but like yeah and it's like one of the towers is destroyed already magic's back like you don't need to destroy the other one like thanks i think but... she i think she just did it to demobilize uh the king and his troops and yeah. what they've already uh, tried uh, what they've accomplished in marath so she's i think it was more just yeah. the last hurrah i'm gonna set you back i'm dying on my terms fuck you parrington fuck you the king yeah and this whole situation good night Back to Dorian real quick. Yeah, he kills his father, essentially. Like, that's heartbreaking, and that, you know, it leaves an impact on people. Mm. Yeah, Alien resumes, or assumes leadership until further notice. Kale is injured quite severely, and then he gets sent on a mission of recovery slash gaining an army, potentially. So I would like to state now, we are not reading Terror of Dawn. We have not planned... This is a Kale slander page as well. <laughs> Just for our own reasons, um, <laughs> we will not be answer- taking questions at this time. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Dorian has Rifthold as the Soul King now. Rowan and mm-hmm. Aelin and Adian and Co are off to Terrison. Honestly, I kind of I was smiling. I was I was smiling big when they were like on the way back to Terrison because like she's going home. Like, it's all she yeah. wants, all she wanted. Well, since Air of Fire, yeah. it's all she's wanted. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh, I forgot to do it in the beginning, but we'll do it now. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, Kenzie. Initially, because this is our fucking third chord, I'm done. No, I feel like this book was really good. It set up, it set us up great for the next. I feel like with Sarah J Mass has a really great ability to, like, set up, like, trilogies within the like series so it's like Akatar was like Akatar, Akamath, Akawar 3 and then like Frost and Starlight, Silver Flame mm. and the next one is going to be like 3 so it's like this is good like we've had the first 3 and now like this is setting us up for like the next like adventures that we're going on and it feels like it's more of an even playing field now because of Morath being yeah. decimated Magic. like it, it for yeah. the enemies for our perceived enemies and it's like a fresh start for them and like they seem to have like a bit of an upper hand so yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it paces quite nicely, I think. Yeah. And yeah, we have two books from here. But yeah, my thoughts, feelings, emotions. I yeah, I enjoyed it. Again, it's really hard to remember <laughs> being on the third re- record, feeling a little discouraged right now. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit flat, to be fair. But um. But no, yeah, I enjoyed it reading it. I enjoyed meeting Arabin for the first time because I have not read Assassin's Blade yet, and I know he he's a prominent figure in Selena's life. Very interesting to see him, yes, be who he who he is and then dying quite quickly, but that's alright. Aelin needs her army money. Um, and yeah, it's good that the gang's back together. It's a shame Kale is hurt. Glad we will not see him whinging or arguing with Aelin for the foreseeable future, so that's a good yes. prospect. <laughs> and I'm just looking forward to seeing Rowan and Aelin's like, relationship journey, because we love them together, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I'm I'm done with this book as well. Like <laughs> I'm done <Yeah>. recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
I guess thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing with us. Um, and we'll see you next time. Keep an ear out for Empire of Storms. Don't forget to check out our socials at letterbox underscore book underscore club. And on Spotify, just letterbox book club. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.